Hey, real quick, we got some uh, announcement stuff that you need to be aware of. Um, momentum. I got good news and bad news, all right? The good news is uh, we still have some spots available for you to go to Momentum. Registration is still open. The bad news is we have about 15 spots left total. And so if you are interested in going, do not delay anymore because there's no guarantee that we'll have a spot available for you. We have as many spots as we have beds. Once those are filled up, unless you're going to sleep on the street, it ain't going to work out. So sucks for you. Uh, the other thing is, you notice my little cap? And you like my little cap? You like my little hat? Yeah? No? Come on. Eh? Nobody likes it. Jonathan, all that work for nothing. Uh, hey, listen, these hats are on sale as well as some beanies. Anybody got a beanie in here that's rocking the beanie? Uh, you missed it earlier. Uh, we got some beanies with the logos and stuff. Uh, this is open now. They're 15 bucks a piece, but it is only open to those of you who have registered already for this week and next week. So you get first dibs on it because we have a limited quality. Uh, qu no, quality is good. It's not limited. Quantity, which is about 50 or so, and we're already down a bunch. I already see a few of you are rocking them. So if you want either one of the caps or one of the beanies, uh, hurry up at the end of service and get one from Haley at our registration desk. It is uh, first come, first serve. Once we sell out, we sell out. We can't have any more. And so please make sure that you pick that up. Cool? All right. How many of you are uh, CPS? Where my CPS family at? How many, how many of y'all just can't wait to go back to school? Actually, yeah, right? I'm very bored, right? I want an education. I won't be able to read, Pastor, right? We want to go back to school. Um, low key, though, how many of y'all been enjoying your little early break, your little time off, yeah. sleeping, not washing your drawers for three days? I see you. I see how your life is. In your pajamas for the last four days. Today was the only time you showered because you were coming to church. Good for you. Um, but if, in case you haven't been here in the last few weeks, we have been in this series uh, that's kind of been about video games. We call it One Up, where each week we are talking about a different video game as a way to set up what we're going to talk about for the theme for that night. Anybody remember what the first night was, video game? Mario Kart. We talked about Mario Kart and running the race that God has out for you. And then uh, the week after that, what do we talk about? Mortal Kombat, right? The spiritual battle that God has for us. And then last week was what? Fortnite. Good job. You guys are on point with this. Last week, we talked about Fortnite, counting the cost of following Jesus. And tonight, I don't have a specific video game that I want to talk about. And I, I more or less have a time frame. Because over the last several weeks, I've realized that you are young and I am old. Okay. And I don't always remember that because I look good. But there are times where you remind me that you are young and I am old. And I thought about that because a lot of the video games that I would think about, you've never heard of. And it took me to this idea of the old school, right? The, the, the original NES, the, the 1985 console, and my childhood. Listen, I kid you not, that was everything to me at one point. I prayed low-key for four years that God would give me a Nintendo, right? I would lie about it all the time. When we'd be at school and everyone, oh, yeah, I just passed the Mario Brothers. And I'm like, yeah, that, that level three is real hard, yo. Like, I had no clue, you know, I was so broke. Yeah, like, they got me Nintendo so late, Super Nintendo came out, right? They knew, they waited until, like, the price dropped. 
But I was still super geeked about having my Nintendo and playing those games. And I remember even before that, my cousin, he would visit me because he had some money. And he would bring his Nintendo. And we'd sit there and we'd be playing Nintendo. And, and here's what I've come to realize. Just because it's older doesn't mean it's easier. Because I got now those little mini Nintendo consoles, and I still have my original Nintendo that I hook up periodically. And I'll get, I have some students sometimes come over, leaders, even some of my nieces, and I'll plug it in and I'll let them play. And I kid you not, you suck horribly at that video game. And it looks like an easy game because you think there's only two buttons and a directional pad. How hard can this game be? And I hook up a video game that, that I could flip easily, and I watch you struggle, and then I laugh on the inside. I giggle like a little child. I'm like, ha, 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 you're so bad at this, right? And I think part of it is because sometimes we think, well, we should be able to knock this out, right? This is just the original Super Mario Brothers, or this is just Duck Hunt. By the way, my, my video games, if you were bad at it, they let you know you were bad at it. Like the video game taunted you. Like with Duck Hunt, Oh, my God, I wanted to murder that dog so many times. Because in Duck Hunt, if you miss shooting the duck, there was this little dog that would literally pop out of the grass and laugh at you. Right? You know how many TVs were broken because of that little dog just popping up and literally giggling at you? And I'm sitting there four years old cursing under my breath at a dog. Like, it was frustrating. Right? I'd play games like Punch Out, and after they'd knock me out, the big swell cartoon guy would start laughing at me and pointing my finger. I, I'll be honest with y'all. I guess I still am, but I don't, I don't compete as much. But when I was a kid, I was not only a sore loser, but I was a sore winner. And, and if I would get so angry. You ever met a person like that when they would lose, how angry they get? And it's just funny to you, especially when you don't care. Like, it's not important to you, but you know it's important to them. So you keep poking them just to see how mad you can get them. If anybody got little brothers and sisters, that's just what we do. We just poke at them to make them more mad. And so these games, although simple, were not easy. And I believe it took a certain skill set to be able to master those games, right? You only have a directional pad and two buttons, but you had to know how to use them. And what's worse is in my day, you couldn't save your progress. Like, when you sat down to play the game, you had to finish the game, right? Three hours it took me to beat Mario Brothers the first time. You had to sit there and finish it because there's no save button. And then there was moments where I'd be playing and my little fat sister would be running in the sala and she would hit the ground in such a way that my counsel would jiggle and the game would go blue. And I'd be like in the last level, like, I'm finally going to do it. I'm finally, no! And then I'd throw the control at her and it'd get into this whole big old brawl, right? These are the kinds of stresses that you had to deal with when you were a young boy my age. But see, all these obstacles taught me a very important skill set. One that is utterly necessary to win at old school Nintendo games. And I believe is very important to win at this game of life that you and I are playing today. And that skill set is this. I learned patience. I want to talk to you guys today about patience. Because if we're honest, many of you are really, really bad at that. And I don't mean just spelling it, because I do have a problem spelling patience. Anybody have just words that you just can't spell? Patience is one of those words for me, and specifically, I think. Some of those words I'm just necessarily, I'm bad at. Thank God for all the translating and spell checks that you got. But anyways, patience is something I think is necessary. I was thinking back when I was growing up, I would be playing Nintendo with my little sister. Well, sometimes. Other times I'd just give her the controller, but it wasn't plugged in. You ever did that? 
you give them the controller, it's not on. We're like, oh, yeah, you're doing so good. And they're like jumping with it, thinking they're killing it. But every now and then, I would let her play. And as a good big brother, I would teach her, right? And so she would try to run this game, and she would keep dying and keep dying. And I would always say the same thing, so much so that if I were to go to her now, we're both in our 30s. If I were to go to her now, and I would say, now, Jenny, what is the trick to winning this game? She would always reply, patience. That's right, little grasshopper, patience. You, you need to, we, you know, we Latinos, we, we got a little too aggressive. You need patience to win this game. Patience is key to being able to win not just video games, but a lot of things in life. See, patience is something that you either are going to learn the easy way or the hard way. You'll get some experience in your life where you realize, man, I should have been patient. And I was thinking back a few years. I remember one time uh, I was at the barbershop, and this was well before I had an official barber. And when you were new to a barbershop, in case you don't know the barbershop world, back in the day, you would go, if it was a popular barbershop, you would go and you'd be like, yo, my man, how many you got? And he would look at you and be like, seven. I'm like, seven guys ahead of me? All right, put me down for eight. <laughs> Sometimes they were lying. They didn't have that many. They would just give you a big number because they didn't like you. But I remember I would sit at the barbershop for hours waiting to get a haircut. And there was one time where I was just too tired to wait. I'm like, man, I can't wait. I'm just going to go home. And my dad's like, hey, you want to go to my barber? Now, again, my dad's barber, they don't fade. They're like old school Puerto Ricans that just ponchinchando the whole time and do a little weird old man haircut. But I'm like, okay, cool. So I get in the chair. And I know this dude didn't know how to fade. You can tell as soon as he started, I'm like, oh, Jesus. And, yo, low-key, he jacked my hair up. Jacked it up so bad, and it was so embarrassing that when I got home, I went back to my barber shop and waited three hours for them to fix my hair. Right? That's what happens when you're impatient. You end up with something you didn't want. Just like this other time, I was at this other barber shop, and they were like, "Oh, they do eyebrows there." Now, if you haven't noticed, my eyebrows are dope. Okay, but not naturally. I was born with one, and I made sure that the Lord helped me get two. And so there were times. Where I get a threaded, and you know, you got to go to somebody who knows how to do that, right? And so I would go to, you know, all these little Arabic ladies who know how to thread, and they're just like doing their thing. And this one time I was at a barber shop, and, and the guys there, they're like, oh, he, he could do your eyebrows. And I'm like, oh, okay, that'll save me a trip to the lady. So I let dude do my eyebrows. Oh, Jesus. He went too far over on both sides. For about six months, I looked surprised everywhere I went. I was walking around. People were like, yo, what happened? I was like, shut up. <laughs> Why? Because I was impatient. And when you're impatient, you tend to settle for less. When you're impatient, you tend to make bad decisions. You tend to make bad choices. See, I'm having fun with some of these stories, but the truth is patience is something we all need. And the lack of patience can really cause some serious long-term damage to your life. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to Colossians chapter 1. If not, you want to write this down. Make sure you read it later so see Pastor Joe is not a liar. Colossians chapter 1 verse 11. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. Okay, let me read that again. So we pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. How many in this room say, man, I need patience? Thank you. I'm glad we ain't liars too. 
I think everybody in this room can grow in patience. Everybody has something that just drives you nuts, that makes you go and say, you know what's mine? I'll be honest. I just don't do it to me because you'll find out the other part of Pastor Joey. I can't stand chewing. Like when somebody's like, I'm just like, yo. One time I was in the car with my boy and he was doing that. And I was like, hey, Mikey, I love you, but I will punch you in the face if you keep chewing your gum like that. He's like, oh, my bad. I was like, I'm serious. Dude. I just, I mean, I can't do this, but I'm about to jump out your car, right? There are certain things that we got to learn to have some patience for, right? There's certain people in our lives that we got to learn to have patience. Some of them, we live with them. We're like, oh, I just, okay, I know he's my dad. I know he's my dad. I got to have patience for him, right? And here's the thing. We live in a fast-paced world, right? We live in a world where everything gets instant satisfaction, right? We're, we live in a world, here's the thing now. Back in the day, when, when I wanted to know something, you just got left there wondering, right? Like if I'm like, man, I wonder how far it is to drive from here to Detroit. And you would just be like, oh, well. Like that's, that's about the extent that it went. Now you're like, oh, let me figure it out. Bam, right? And, and now it got to, like I have a sickness with that. I can't wonder anymore. I have to look it up. I have to figure it out. How many of you have been there where you didn't sleep all night because one thing after another, you're like, I wonder how far the moon is. <laughs> oh, that's pretty far. I wonder how much that is around the earth. Wow. Like, and one thought begots another thought, and you just end up, why? Because we have to know now, and we get to know, right? Before, you would be like, oh, I'll see them on Friday. I'll ask them. Now it's like, oh, let me text them real quick. And you get an instant reply, right? The internet, uh, email, FaceTime, uh, just everything that we have is built for instant satisfaction, for instant information. We want something or we need to know something and we get to have it instantly. But that has caused us to be even more impatient. Because now we get frustrated whenever we have to wait. Right? How many of y'all, your internet doesn't come up within three seconds and you're like, oh, the internet's broken. You know what I mean? It's like three seconds. Oh, my God, three, three seconds. There's not time yet. And, again, I'm from the day where it's like, yo, this song's going to download in about 17 hours. So what you want to do? Meantime, right? Like I got about 47 hours before this 30-second video clip downloads on LimeWire. And so until then, we can go out and play, right? You had to wait. And now there's no more waiting. And because there's no more waiting, no one knows how to wait. So we get frustrated when we have to. We give up waiting and we instantly move on to the next thing. But see, that same attitude can transfer over into our relationship with God. Take Moses, for example, in the Bible. Moses and the Israelites, in the book of Exodus, you, you read this whole story, how God freed the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. They had been slaves in Egypt for generations. God sends Moses in, and, and he frees them, I mean, in a really cool way, right? They, they all get out. Pharaoh changes his mind. You've seen the movie, right? He chases them down. He opens the Red Sea, gets them through, kills all of their enemies, and they end up wandering through the desert for three months. But even in that time of wandering, God provided food from heaven. He called manna down from heaven. He protected them from the sun during the day. He gave them a fire for warmth at night. They even had water flowing from rocks to provide fresh water for them. God had been taking care of his people. And after three months, they arrived to a mountain called Sinai. 
And this is where the presence of God was residing in the moment. There was like this really amazing fireworks show going on at the top of the mountain. Lightning and thunder and the presence of God in this really dope and powerful way. And the Bible tells that Moses goes up to meet with God at the top of the mountain. And it's in that meeting where where God speaks to Moses and he gives him the Ten Commandments and, and he's having these conversations with them. And the Bible tells us that Moses was there for 40 days and 40 nights. Not that long. 40 days, 40 nights. Now I want you to think about something. The Israelites have had these unbelievable experiences with God. Right? Food falling from the sky. Miracles happening that set them free. Watching God take care of their enemies and provide for them on a regular basis. You think these guys understood that God will provide for them, that God will take care of them, that God won't take them out of that situation just to abandon them. You think about everything God has already done for them, that they'd have enough patience to wait for Moses to return. But listen to what the Bible says in Exodus 32, verse 1 through 4. It says, when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. He was Moses' brother, the guy left in charge. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from your ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. 40 days, a little over a month, and they replaced God with a man-made image. They replaced God with an idol. 40 days. 40 days of silence, and they give up on God. And can I be honest? Sometimes with us, it doesn't even take that long. Four days after camp, forgot about God. Weekend after momentum, you were all lit. God was killing it. Oh, I love you, Lord. Back to school, back to the same old habits. You go back to your idols. You go back to your man-made gods. You go back to what you used to have, how quickly we turn on God. And again, we're not that different from they. Think about this. When you pray, do you wait on God's answer? Or do you decide to answer for God? Right? It's like, Lord, I'm just, I'm praying for my my future spouse. They look nice. (laughs) How about that one, God? And God's like, are you asking me or are you telling me? (laughs) Right? Oh, God, uh, I want you to tell me what school I want, but I already applied to this school. (laughs) God, I I want you to to help me figure out this decision, but really I only want you to co-sign on the decision that I've already made. Right? We don't really look to God for these answers. Why? Because we're too patient to wait for it. Right? Is your patience with God high or low? Do you wait on their answer? When we lose our patience with God, we often turn to idols, to, to other things that we prop up as God. Let me tell you what I mean. An idol is any person or thing regarded with blind admiration, adoration, or devotion. An idol is any person or thing that is regarded with blind admiration, adoration, or devotion. 
That's why a lot of times we're all up in your dating life. It's not because the best thing in my week is talking to you about your sixth grade girlfriend. That is not fun for me. I honestly don't care about, you know, oh, and then she and then she said like him and then I was like, dude, I, I really don't care. Like, I'm a grown man. That does, that does not interest me. I don't like telenovelas and I don't like yours. And we get into this thing. But the reason we're all in it is because it's so easy for our adoration to turn away from God when we get into a new relationship. Shoot, your friends do it to you, right? They'll be your best friend until they get into a relationship and then they disappear. Then they don't reply to you. They don't talk to you. They don't say anything to you. And you know that person's messed up. And, oh, God forbid you say anything about that person. They'll jump all over you like a wild cat. And you're like, man, I'm just saying, their eyes are a little, that means kind of look in. It's like they're constantly staring at their nose. Like we, let's just be real about this. <laughs> but you can't say nothing. Why? Because that's their God now. And, again, we would never think that. We would never say it like that. We won't admit it to ourselves. But think about the amount of time that we would give to that individual versus the amount of time that we give to our relationship with God. And you tell me who you're closer to. See, we turn to idols. And it doesn't have to be just romantic relationships. Sometimes it's my friends, right? When I have a lot of friends, I don't need God. When I feel lonely, then suddenly I need God. Guess what? You needed God both times. Okay, so friends aren't going to make up all that stuff. Relationships aren't going to make up all that stuff. What the world says, becoming that idol, that ideology, right? It's like, well, I don't need to turn to God because I found community in this organization or in this group of people or in this group of friends or in this after-school activity and, and this sports program. I turn to what I think is best. Why? Because it's too hard to wait on God until you go and find an answer for yourself. See, it reminds me of, uh, and I know it's different now because you got apps and all that stuff, but I remember as a kid when I would go to school and I would have to take the CTA and I'd get too impatient to wait on the bus. Tell me if you've ever been there. So you're waiting at the bus stop and you're like, man, this bus ain't ever coming. Shoot, man, this bus. So what do we do, right? I'm going to walk to the next stop. And then what happens? You're halfway there. Well, I'm going to wait on the next one. You ever did it where you walk all the way in the street? <laughs> like you got eagle eyes, binoculars, like, I don't see it. So what do you do? I'm going to walk to the next stop. <laughs> then what happens? You halfway there, six buses come. <laughs> I'm like, how six buses going to come at the same time? You go to the next stop. Finally, the bus comes. Oh, wait, it's an express bus. And you happen to go to the bus stop that didn't have an express stop. <laughs> Why? Because you couldn't just stand and wait. You couldn't just stand and wait. By the time you look, you don't walked home, 17 miles. You walked your happy self home. Why? You're like, man, I might as well just, I'm knock on the door. I'm already here. <laughs> See, when you don't have patience in God's timing, you lose your blessing and put yourself in a difficult situation. Proverbs verse, chapter 8, verse 34 says this, blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. Right? Not just listens to me, but waits for me. Not just listens, but waits. When you stick with patience, 
and you wait on God, you'll allow him to do amazing things. After Jesus died and was resurrected, he appeared to the disciples in the book of Acts. We read a little bit about this. And he reminded them of how faithful he was to all the promises he had made. Remember Jesus, the whole time he's walking with the disciples, he's telling them, hey, listen, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be captured, but I'm going to come back three days later. Death will not beat me. I will conquer death. And he did it, right? He showed up, not just to them. He showed up for 40 days, interesting number, and to a lot of different people, thousands of people got to see Jesus after his resurrection. And he reminded them of how faithful he was to all of it. And then listen to what he says. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, and now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now again, the disciples were hand-trained by Jesus for three years. There is probably no group of men who were more equipped to do what God has called them to do than these men and women. He trained all these disciples to do his work, and yet he says this, listen, before you go to do it, wait. For my Holy Spirit. And I wonder, why didn't he just do it right then when he said that to them? Why didn't he just download it on them? Why didn't he just say, hey, listen, by the way, you need the Holy Spirit, and I'll give it to you right now. Why didn't he tell them how long to wait? Hey, listen, wait on the Holy Spirit. It should get here in about two weeks. Right? It would have been dope if they had, like, how you track your Amazon package, you know what I mean? Like, Holy Spirit... Oh, is he, he's in Canada. He's almost here. Holy Spirit is in Canada, and he'll be here in two days, right? My wife, she's mean with that stuff. Like, she'll be like, oh, the truck's on the way, and she'll stand outside waiting for it. They ain't going to steal my Amazon package. I'll just right here for it, <laughs> right? We got all this baby stuff coming out. I'm like, baby, ain't nobody going to steal a 40-pound crib. You don't know, <laughs> right? And so they didn't have the time frame. They didn't have an app to tell them when it was going to show up. They had to wait in the city until they received the gift that God promised them. I think part of that waiting was because something had to get worked out in them while they were waiting. There's a preparation that goes on when we wait patiently. Because waiting patiently isn't just twiddling your thumbs and doing nothing. Waiting patiently often involves some work to it, right? They prayed, the Bible tells us, and they sought after God. Maybe in those moments, as they were praying, God was beginning to reveal some stuff that was going on in their lives. Maybe God was saying, hey, listen, I want the Holy Spirit to come in your life, but he's not going to go in a room that's already full of yourself. So we got to do some work in here before he comes, right? I got all this stuff for my daughter when she comes in two months, eight weeks, right? But guess what? I got to get the room ready. And in order to get the room ready, I got to throw away a bunch of stuff. Like, we are on serious purge mode, by the way. Anybody need an extra bed? We're throwing out stuff. So I'm just like, chuck it. I don't even care at this point. I'm like, no, throw it away, throw it away. But that's your great-great-grandmother. She ain't alive no more. Throw it away. Like, we're just getting rid of stuff, right? Just trying to chuck it. Why? I'm making room for someone to get here. There are times where, where God tells you to wait. And it's not just you're waiting on nothing. You're making room. I really want to be with them. Wait. Why don't they get ready? (laughs) They've been ready. You're the one that's not ready. Sometimes we think God's preparing the one for me. Nah, dummy, he's preparing you. (laughs) Not for them, for him. What happens if you do get that person that God wants for you? But you suck. Because you ain't spent no time working on you. You get that godly man or woman and they look at you and go, you ain't godly enough for me. 
You don't got your life. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know who God is. You know what? I can't bother with you. Sometimes there's something going on in the patient waiting time. Right? Again, going back to video games. When I would lose, I would learn something from the loss. Right? When I'm playing this game and I'm running really fast and, and I didn't notice that there was a, a little thing that was going to get me in that level. But now I know next time I go there, you got to be careful because there's this thing that jumps out. And you do it enough, you fail enough, you learn how not to fail the same way. And we have gotten to this point where we don't like failure. Right? We're afraid to fail. And because we're afraid to fail, we're afraid to learn. And so that time of patience is wasted because you look at yourself as a failure instead of a learner. Right? I didn't fail a million times. I just figured out a million ways not to do it. I learned how to adapt. I learned how to change. We got to get to the point where when we pray, when we seek the Lord, just because we're waiting on God doesn't mean that everything stops. Until you receive the answer or confirmation you need, we continue praying. We continue going after God. We learn to have patience. The Bible tells us with the disciples that after days of prayer and waiting on the Holy Spirit, it came down or he came down into the room and into them. And the Bible says that they began speaking in tongues or in foreign languages. They were empowered to go and preach about Jesus. Now let me tell you something real quick. Again, we're talking about patience and, well, okay, why didn't God just instantly give them the Holy Spirit? Well, there's a purpose behind everything that God does. The Bible tells us that the day that they were full with the Holy Spirit, it was a day in the Jewish holiday where people were pilgriming from all parts of the world that were Jewish. They were coming to the holy city in order, because it was a holiday that they had. So all these different people from all these different countries that were Jewish in heritage were coming back. So when they were full of the Holy Spirit and they were preaching in other languages, guess whose languages they were? The Jews who had gone away and came back. So why at that time in that moment? Because they were going to preach to the nations in their language in that moment. And the Bible says that when they spilled out into the street, listen, Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. God's timing was perfect. He could have given the Holy Spirit weeks before, but there weren't 3,000 people ready to hear the message in that moment. Right? There weren't 3,000 people. Sometimes you got to wait on your shot. Some, could you imagine somebody throwing a last, or, or throwing one of those, you think about basketball, right? You inbound the ball, and they chuck it across the court for a last shot. That looks dope if it's the last shot of the game. But if you do that in the first quarter, first play, give me the ball. Ah! You're like, dude, we just started. <laughs> Dribble the ball down. It's like, oh, bro, I'm a hero of this game. No, you're not, dummy. <laughs> Right? There is something called timing, and we wait on it. And the Bible tells that God knows the end from the beginning, so don't be impatient just because you don't know. You have to trust that God knows. There are things in your life that you feel like if you don't figure it out today, it's never going to happen. Some of you are like, man, I just don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I don't know what I'm going to be in my career. It's fine. You're 13. You got to worry about deodorant right now. That's, not, that's your main priority right now, showers and deodorant. Let's figure that part out, and in a couple years, we'll get to the college thing. <laughs> right? 
Some of you seniors, man, you're freaking out this year. I don't know what I'm going to be like. Listen, it don't even matter what major you pick. You're going to change it about 19 times before the end of your first year. <laughs> right? You got time to figure some of this out. And can I tell you, just because you don't go at the same speed as somebody else doesn't mean you're not going to get there. The, the, the trick is to finish the race, not finishing first. Okay? You don't get extra bonus points because you got there first. And so you don't worry about, well, so-and-so already graduated and so-and-so already knows what they want to do and so-and-so has already got this all planned out. Cool. That's fine for so-and-so. But guess what? God already has it planned out for me and God already knows what he has for me and God already understands what he's got laid out for me. So I'm going to worry about God and not so-and-so because so-and-so got nothing to do with me. You hearing me tonight? Listen, I'm trying to help you because some of our anxiety and stress and fear is through the roof simply because you're impatient. And all I'm saying is, just chill. Chill for a moment. Don't worry about tomorrow, as the Bible says, because tomorrow has enough worry for itself. Focus on today. What do I got to do today? Some of you, shower deodorant. Let's focus on that. Others like, I don't know enough about the Bible. Okay, learn what you got to learn today. Read your verses today. But I don't know the whole Bible. We get that. Read what you can read today. I mean, it's like a second grader going, but I don't understand algebra. That's cool, buddy. One plus one. <laughs> and once we nail one plus one, we're going to get it to one minus one, right? And well, I don't understand trigonometry. No problem, kid. <laughs> Two times two. <laughs> we're going to work on our timetables, and we're going to get there. But some of us, listen, we want to get our doctorate before we graduate primary. <laughs> and all God is saying to you is, breathe. Be patient. And in time, if you trust me and you follow my steps, I will reveal what's next for you. Worship team, if you can help me out. Tonight, I want us to close out like this. The Bible says that there's a way to get patience because we don't have it. And I'll tell you, it begins with me. This was a process for me. I, I would say that I'm a pretty patient person. I learned over time not to run ahead of God, but to simply trust what he says and how he says it. And it's not easy, but the Bible gives us instructions on how to receive patience if you look in your Bibles, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything. Let me pause right there for a moment. I love that it says anything. You know why? Because it covers everything. Some of us were like, but I can be anxious about this. No, it says don't be anxious about anything. What about my future? Anything. What about my dog? A anything, I guess. <laughs> what about what I'm going to wear? Anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Let me pause right there again. It's not saying that you're not going to be anxious. Obviously, we're going to have moments of anxiety and stress. It's not saying that you're not going to be anxious. But what it does say is don't be anxious about everything, anything. But if you are... In every situation, pray. Here's what I kind of go by. 
If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If you're going to worry about it, you might as well pray about it. Because a lot of times people will come up to me with all their worries. And I'm sitting there like, have you prayed about this? And the honest answer most of the time is no. Then why are you telling me? I ain't Jesus. I'm not God. I'm not going to make this better for you. Go and talk to the one who could actually help you. And they're like, I just don't know. Listen, if it's enough for you to worry about, it's enough for you to pray about. Because posting it on social media doesn't make it better. You know, and we all have done that. We post our little sympathetic post hoping somebody says something. And we all notice, we've all been there where we see that post and we kind of giggle so nobody's responded. They're like, yo, that's so thirsty. And nobody liked it and nobody said anything. And you act like you ain't done that before. I'm so stressed. Don't talk to me about it. (laughs) Why would you post that? (laughs) Right? I'm so angry. I don't want to even talk about it. Dang, nobody even asked me what I'm angry about. (laughs) You said don't talk about it. (laughs) But guess what? That doesn't help you. It just makes you look like a whiner. People don't like sympathize for you, they end up feeling sorry for you. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to be bogus. I'm just saying that's wasted energy. Because a lot of times, even if everybody liked it, and a lot of times uh, people do that, they're like, I'm here for you. Hey, whatever you need, that's a lie too, by the way. Right? Well, I need a kidney. Yo, man, I'm going to pray that God will provide a kidney. No, I want your kidney. You said whatever I need. Right? They're not going to do whatever they need. But listen, even if everybody wishes you good, hey, and okay, that might help your ego for a moment, but it doesn't solve the issue long term. So if you're going to voice your frustration about it, which is good, give your voice to the Lord, not to everybody else. Don't throw your business at everybody else because they look like they care because they say all those things, but low key, If you're at the hospital, all those social media followers aren't going to show up at the hospital and pray for you right there. They're just not. They're going to go from real far away, man, thoughts and prayers. Cool. Thoughts and prayers ain't paying this medical bill, though. If y'all want to help a brother out, I got a GoFundMe. You can hit me up. We can take care of this. I'm not trying to downplay that thing. I'm just saying you're wasting energy on something that's not going to help you. But prayer, your time with the Lord, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And sometimes the request isn't even for the situation to go away. Sometimes the request is to help me have patience in the middle of this situation. God, I, I find myself running out of patience for my family member. My dad keeps saying he's going to show up and he's going to do this and he keeps failing. And honestly, God, I'm running out of patience with him. Or, or, or my sibling keeps, you know, going through this situation and he or she's not opening up and they don't let me help them. And, and I'm running out of patience for them. Or, or, or I'm myself and I'm constantly going through this battle and, 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 and I'm just ready to give up. God, I need patience to endure the process. Because the Bible reminds us that when that patience endures, when your faith is tested, 
that it produces patience. And patience is able to help you through what you're going through. So I'd like us to stand as we get ready to close. And I'm not going to call you out of your seat or anything because I know there's a number of us in this room who this message applies to. But I want to challenge you. Tonight I want to pray for you. But even later, I want to challenge you to take some time, maybe tonight or tomorrow morning. CPS, y'all ain't going to school in the morning. You might as well spend some time with Jesus. All those people, by the way, who say, I don't have time. You got time. So wake up at the same time you would have woke up for school. Some of you are like, no, pastor. <laughs> Fine. Wake up a couple hours after. Don't be waking up at 3 in the afternoon, by the way. But wake up and listen. Some of you, you need to go to an appointment with the Lord tomorrow morning. One by yourself. Just you and God. Pastor, I don't, I don't have anywhere in my house to be by myself. Go in the shower. Right? Because that's the best place to cry. Nobody sees it. The water washes it away. <laughs> Y'all know how many times I had, like, the most powerful moments with God? You know how many sermons I wrote in the shower? I know that's nasty, but it happens. <laughs> Why? Because that's my time alone with God. I put the, some worship music on so people can't hear me crying, and I just go after God. Listen, those of you in CPS, you have an opportunity tomorrow to get along with God and to voice what's going on. And then guess what? Because you got a little bit of time, you can wait. Don't do this. God, what should I do? He didn't say anything, though. <laughs> Maybe some of us need to learn to say this. Hey, Lord, I'm just going to wait for an answer. And I'm just going to sit here quietly. I'm going to think about your presence. I'm going to think about who you are. Maybe spend a little time reading your word. But I'm not going to move until I hear you speak to me. And some of you are like, I don't know how God sounds. You'll know when he speaks. And maybe some of us just need to stop for a moment and wait. And say, God, I'm going to wait on you. And when you're ready to speak, I'm ready to listen. And some of us, that might be an hour, that might be days. I'm not saying sit there for days, that's weird. But I am saying wait. And I want to pray that God will help you wait. So if you're in this room and you have that, I want you to close your eyes for just a moment all across this room. And I want to pray for those in this room who need an extra bit of patience this week. For whatever reason, whatever you got going on in your life. But if you want to be included in that prayer, just do me a favor and just lift up your hand real quick so I know your hand and then you can put it down. Just lift it up if you need patience this week. and You can just put it down right after you lift it up. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray for every student right here, God, every leader, every person who came in this room tonight with a weight on their heart, who's struggling through a situation, who has something that's causing anxiety and fear and anger and impatience. And Lord, I'm sorry for those moments where we've run to other things where we've created idols that we go to rather than going to you. I'm sorry for those moments where we weren't willing to wait on your response and instead we thought we would be the answer to our own question. And God, I know many of us 
have even made the situation worse because we put our own hand in the situation rather than allowing you to deal with it. But God, I just pray, as your word says, God, whatever we need to go to you, Lord, we need patience tonight, God. Help us, each and every person in this room, to have a little bit more patience to wait on you, to not move unless you tell us to move, to not speak unless you tell us what to say, to not make a decision until we know it's a decision that you want us to have. And, Lord, even those of us in this room who, who struggle and wonder, I, I don't even know what you sound like, God. Lord, I pray that you would make your voice very clear to them, God, that there would be no confusion, that they would know that they would know that it's you who's speaking to them, God. And, Lord, even if there's any doubt, I pray that they would know enough to go to their word because your voice never contradicts your word. So, Father, I thank you for everyone in this room. And even now, God, I pray for an outpouring of patience. I pray for the peace that goes beyond all understanding to wash over them, God, that they would feel comfort in knowing it might be above their heads, but it's totally under your feet, God. That you are still in control of every one of these situations. That we can trust you. Because you are good and you never go back on your word. So we thank you for all this, God. And we pray even now, Lord, that we would take time tomorrow and every day after to get alone with you, Lord. To spend time in your presence. To grow in our patience and in our love for you as we seek your face. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Listen, before you leave. Just a couple of things. If there's something specific that you need to talk about that's causing some of this impatience, I want to encourage you. Grab one of our leaders. Just pull them aside, men with men, ladies with ladies, and just say, hey, listen, there's some stuff I need to talk about that, that have been causing some anxiety. Sometimes it helps to get it off your chest. That's why we're here. We want to encourage you to talk to them. And then, again, just a reminder, next tomorrow we have small groups. And if you are interested in going to Momentum, limited spots left. Please fill that out or at least let us know that you plan to bring that in. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow in small group.